Hey Brock, how are you? Doing well, John. How are you? I'm really good. I am still reeling from our time at Menfluential. Yeah. What What do you think? What did you think about the conference? Was it everything you expected, or totally different? It was everything I expected. I really liked getting the content, which is a lot of stuff that I consume anyway through podcasts, like entrepreneurship, inspiration, and some like business development stuff. But then not only being able to talk to the guys that were actually delivering it, like Tanner and Barron and some of the other speakers, but then also getting to meet all of the other people that are interested in the same space in the way that I am, who are either just starting or growing, or then you get people that are very big and successful on YouTube. I think having all of that concentrated in one physical presence is very powerful. Yeah, it's kind of cool to have the whole spectrum of on one end, you have people who are totally just fans or viewers and they have you know no interest in doing something like that on their own they have you know maybe another career and then on the other end you have you know the the heavy hitters uh the you know the youtube stars and then every everybody in between which is kind of neat uh and it's especially to interact with the people who are just you know viewers and readers it's kind of cool to talk to them and i I feel like the people at that conference are like the nice people in the comment section you know (laughs) they're like the people who i want uh watching and commenting and stuff so it's kind of cool to get their take on things yeah and i spent a lot of time with you and with justin jeffers carlos escobar and even ben and frederick who came over from europe and so just to have everybody in one place was so cool yep yeah it was awesome seeing those guys uh, who traveled over from europe and very cool to finally meet a lot of these people who we've, you know, already either interviewed or, you know, emailed with or kind of met online. Yeah, I think half of the people that were there were on the podcast at some point. Yep, yep. And then we got, you know, got a bunch of new people lined up uh, from the conference. So definitely a great place to find new guests. Yeah. And I mean, we just talked to Mike yesterday. He was able to like ask very direct questions to the speakers and then you follow up with the speakers afterwards. And like I met um, the guy that runs Every Damn Day Fitness and he's actually based out of Pittsburgh. So I was able to meet one of the guy that I could go physically meet up with and we're going to go get dinner pretty soon. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he was in Pittsburgh. I feel like there were a lot of people in the uh, Philly, Pittsburgh, just Pennsylvania area. Yeah, there's definitely a little Philly cohort, but he was the only, Alan was the only guy that I met from Pittsburgh. What I wanted to suggest to uh, Antonio and Aaron is if they had like up on the pillars or some part of the wall, they could designate either like major cities or states. And then at some of the breakout sessions, you can say, hey, if you want to go meet other people in your cities, go to these places because there's no other good way to figure out where people are from. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. I, I think organizing, using geography and also, I don't know, maybe interests and other things to organize like smaller breakout groups would be really nice because I think, you know, the presentations and the panels are great, but it's just kind of one big room and you end up having a lot of great small conversations, but it'd be nice to facilitate those a little more. Yeah, agreed. We should run our own conference. Now, I, th- yeah. I have a, a couple of notes I wanted to send over to Antonio's team. So, And I was surprised because all of the testimonials you, you see on their site, they talk about how great it is to meet the people and the friends and then blah, blah, blah. And then when they asked me to do a testimonial, I was like, oh, it's great to meet people and uh, make friends and be in real life. <laughs> so I went right yeah. back into that. I know. I guess people will say, you know, it's it's cliche for a reason, but it, it is a really cool conference. I've never met anybody that went to it and, you know, was disappointed by the experience or didn't get their money's worth or anything like that. And I actually think they could totally have regional influential conferences, like at least like an East-West, maybe even overseas. Yeah, I agree. I think we also hosted the most popular and most successful event surrounding Menfluential, which was our Red Phone Booth meetup. 
yeah, that exceeded my expectations. <laughs> I mean, everybody came to that. It was, that was a great venue and awesome turnout. I was actually just watching Koi's vlog, Koi from uh, Gentleman Within, his influential vlog, and I didn't realize that there was like a whole group of people like waiting outside the phone booth, like <laughs> trying to figure out how to get in. Yeah, what I didn't truly realize when I set it up was that it's it, it looks so cool on Yelp because it is a speakeasy, but it's a speakeasy in the truest sense where you have to have a passcode to even get in and the passcode is changed every week. So then I was given the passcode, I put it up on my Instagram story, but there was a whole lot of people that were coming all at once and like standing out there waiting. And um, apparently a couple of guys got turned away because they came in t-shirts and you have to have proper dress for it. And everything that I was like, everything I experienced through that process was like, if I was running a restaurant or a business, I would run exactly like this. I would require proper dress. I would have an incredible selection of spirits and alcohol. And then they had a cigar room, which was incredible. And so I, it also exceeded my expectations because I didn't look into it enough. But I would love to do something maybe smaller scale next time. I think we ended up having like 40 or 50 people at least cycle through at some point, And it was just, it was really cool. Yeah, I think we probably had about 40, 50 people. It's actually kind of funny because it's even though it was sort of inconvenient, like for some people to, to get in and, you know, the dress code and everything, it kind of created this like mystique around it. Like, oh, well, how do we get into the meetup, you know? And so it was, I don't know, it was already a cool spot, but it just made it even cooler. Yep. And then I announced on there that I ended up having, they asked when we move into this private room, put everything on one credit card. I, uh, I signed myself up for that one. And uh, <laughs> we ended up with a $2,000 bar tab and then Brock, you very generously split it with me because it was like our meetup. And then I got reimbursed uh, to some degree, but uh, not everybody came through on what they had. But I see it as a marketing expense and a way to network and create lifelong relationships with others in this space. Totally. Yeah, that, that one went on the uh, business credit card for sure. <laughs> yeah, I might have got a couple miles out of it. Who knows? Well, uh, I've noticed that your last couple videos have been in the new space. How's that going so far? It looks awesome. It has been wonderful and also uh, daunting because I had, when I was in my old guest room, I had like a certain setup that I was able to replicate the videos pretty easily and I had the lighting pretty much down. It wasn't great lighting, but I was able to get a consistent look. And then I had in the second space down in the basement, I, was, I had everything set up where I just literally turned the lights on and I was able to shoot stuff. And now I want to get the space to that, but I need to overhaul all my lights. Uh, the stuff that I had in the basement isn't going to be powerful enough or big enough, so I'm looking at some LED panels. Um, the sound, I can still improve. I've got the ballast on the ceiling, and then I've got a couple more things. Actually, in the Satchel and Page unboxing, that's the first shot that I have. I actually took a Manfrotto pod mount up and mounted it directly onto my wall. So I can take the base plate and switch that between my tripod and the mount, and that's fixed up there. So I can always just drop something on, shoot heads down, and then move it. But I've also lined that wall with the audio tricks or whatever audio foam that I bought. And so that's going to be a great spot for podcasting, but also if I need to do any sort of voiceover or something else there. So it's like it's so purpose-built for I can shoot over here for my stand-ups. I can shoot over here for my try-ons. Um, I actually did end up getting the bacon and eggs photo hung back up on the wall my articles of style video was still on the floor and then i was able to hang it up right after that and so it's still up it's still a process coming but it's been really cool to uh, just go out there and, and shoot when i need to i actually have worked out there for my day job a couple of times because it's a great i got full internet out there i've got i can play my music as loud as i want i can get on phone calls and everything and so so far so great and i can't wait for it to be finished because the first floor is still under construction and it's 
it's a little bit still a little bit messy but phase two of that is coming as soon as the weather breaks and i can get the exterior done awesome yeah i figured it would be like a huge relief and just like a really awesome experience to have that space because it's just so so nice to have a dedicated space it's purpose-built i i think that there's this like you want to get it as close as you can to to have basically the types of shots that you need ready to go and i think you can get like 80, 85% there maybe, but it's funny, even when you watch like Casey's nice tap, Peter McKinnon, they're still like setting up their lights and like moving their tripods around. And so I think that's kind of like part of the deal, but it is so nice to have like it basically ready to go, like at least for your main shot, you know, that like you're talking headshot. So yeah, I think, I think it's just going to be, I think sky, you know, sky's the limit once you start just tweaking it and figuring everything out. I know. I feel like we both started the process of getting dedicated studios last year and years went much quicker than mine but it seems like you've also settled into a really good like you've got your, your shot set up the lighting looks so good and I, I, I texted you a couple weeks ago I, your videos looked it looked more crisp than ever and it, it seems like you've really gotten into the groove yeah I, I added a couple of uh, like LED panel lights to the side and then I got my main light softbox um, and I kind of moved my desk around I'm like I, I tweaked the space a lot before I, I got you know, a pretty good main shot. The problem is now that I don't have a very uh, clear space for, for the try-on, uh, you know, video, like B-roll stuff. So, but I have been experimenting with um, using my iPhone 10 as a secondary camera. And so like, I just did a video to help Ace Marks with their Kickstarter. And uh, I have like a secondary shot that I think, I think looks really cool. I think it kind of, you know, breaks the video up a little bit because like, not everybody is going to be super exciting. So I'm, I'm trying to do secondary angles like pretty much on every video if, if it makes sense. So that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I like that one because you actually had the physical product like right in front of you, which you couldn't really see in the regular shot. But then from the secondary shot, you like had all this stuff there and you can kind of demonstrate it. So I thought that did work pretty well. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like when it makes sense, like I'm not just going to do like a second shot of my face or something. But actually yesterday I went out and did a shoot with a, a really, really awesome photographer here in Tucson, uh, like a young guy. He's like still in school, but just like, he's going to be big. <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's just like really good at what he does, but it was so cool. Like this is the first time I ever, ever just went out with a professional photographer and like paid somebody to take pictures. It was such a cool experience. And I'm like, I'm totally hooked. So I'm going to try to have like one or two sessions a month with this guy. Does he have an Instagram following that's growing or is that, how'd you find him? Yeah, he's got he's got a like a little over twenty thousand followers on Instagram, on his like professional one. He's got a personal one. I actually found him. I had to look really hard to find photographers here. I've actually found him on Yelp, um, and then then we got in touch. And uh, he doesn't do video, but he said he'd he'd try to help out with some B roll just to to see if we could kind of knock pictures and video out at the same time. That's really cool. Yeah, I've looked at a couple of guys on Instagram that I've connected with in Pittsburgh that I'm trying to get out with as well. But here we got a ton of snow, so. You have the benefit of the, the weather out there. Yeah, it's like that perfect time of year right now. So and this guy knows all the spots, you know, he like went to the very like specific spot. And uh, I don't know, it's just like, it's the kind of thing like once you outsource something or pay somebody to do something, which I know you've been doing a lot of that recently, it's, you're like, why, why didn't I do this two years ago? <laughs> oh, I know. Now when you do this, because I tried this as well when we were in Atlanta, do you take like a shot list and then a bunch of outfits to change to? That's what I'm doing is I want to try and maximize. Like if I'm going out for two hours, I want to get like these six shots and I want to make sure I can pack that stuff so I can like change and get it. Or, or are you just trying to do something more specific? We did, for this one, we did a single outfit, kind of just testing 
them out. And I, I would do multiple outputs in one shoot. It's a little, I've, I've done that before and it's a little stressful. Like you, know, you got a car change and I mean, I think it's, it's definitely, it makes sense, you know, to knock out like four or five outputs in one shoot, but I kind of like the single output shoes. I know that's what, that's what Brian Sakawa does. And so he's always thinking like, what content do I have coming up? Like either it's a shoot specific for something like, okay, I'm doing something with Peter Manning's raincoat. So I got to do a shoot with that. Or maybe you're just thinking, I, I just need Instagram fodder for the next you know month. So I think it kind of depends on what you're doing. I kind of like the single outfit shoot. It's like quick and dirty. You know, it's, you don't have to really worry about bringing a bunch of stuff or messing up your hair when you change your shirt or anything like that. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. That's a good point because I ended up just basically getting one suit shot when we were in Atlanta when I wanted to. I actually packed four suits in order to change and do it. But what I realized after that is instead of like waiting to go shoot all day Sunday, which we did, I should have like did an hour after each of the influential, like that weird hour we had between the conference and then the, the cocktail hour or something is do it each of the days. And so that's my learning for next year because I already bought my ticket for next year. Nice. Yeah, I think I think that'd be a good time to do it. The other thing that uh, I thought was really cool with working with a pro was they they kind of just direct you. And I'm sure every photographer is different. But I mean, this guy, I'm, I'm no good at like, you know, facial expressions and posing. Like, I still feel like a, like very awkward <laughs> with that. And this guy's like, he's like, OK, like sit there, like put put that leg at this angle, like look down at that spot in the ground. Um, like it was so specific. It was like very little work on my part. Oh yeah, that would be super nice to say like, have this facial expression or think about this, that would make a world of a difference. But uh, I wanted to get the story behind, I was just watching your soap carving video, which is a little bit of a departure from your normal uh, video content. Wanna tell us about that? (laughs) So I think I sent you an article earlier this week and uh, from L2, which was about this burgeoning world of soap cutting on YouTube and I did a little bit of YouTube searching and Googling and like one of the biggest videos in that space has like 15 million views and then there's these channels that have hundreds of thousands of subscribers that literally just cut soap and I was reading that and I was like that's kind of interesting and then I was talking to Carlos Escobar about he had a he was planning a video or something and I was like your, your channel's small enough you can just try things and it doesn't really matter. You just figure out what works. And then I was like, you know what? I don't have that big of a following. I can just try some stuff. And I've got this extra bar of giant soap that came in one of my subscription boxes. Why don't I just cut that up and see what happens? Because you also, there's also the thing about, you know, watch time is very important on YouTube and retention. And if you have longer videos, people stay longer and the watch time is bigger. So I was like, you know what? I'll just try it. Uh, one of the first videos I shot in the studio and you know, I had a quiet space. And I just was able, I, it ended up being super therapeutic and I could see myself doing more because I basically just shot for 28 minutes. I cut this soap. It was kind of like when I was in Boy Scouts and I would carve wood all the time. I have a, a number of nice knives that I could use, but I could also see trying to get, the, maybe carve some sort of, I could just carve a K out of every bar of soap or something. But uh, I figured I'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I wanted to have an, an easy day where I could post something and not have to listen to myself talk. And so it's doing okay in this morning. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it, you know, picks up on any of that search traffic. So, I mean, obviously ASMR is like huge and it's kind of spilled over into other channels. Like a lot of like hairstyle channels, they'll have videos that are sort of have some element of ASMR and they'll have that in the title. 
but it was interesting because when I clicked on that video, your video, it had like, I think at the time, like 12 downvotes or something, which was like maybe 30%. I was like, oh, that's, that's a lot for this channel. But then the comments were all very positive. <laughs> so it seems like people enjoyed it. Yeah, it's rare that I even get any downvotes. And so that's a good signal to listen to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Although they're not necessarily bad. I've noticed that usually the videos that do that perform better just in terms of views also get more downvotes. So maybe being polarizing isn't always a bad thing. Yep, got to break some rules in order to get there. Yep. But I'm not checking the real time right now, but I want to. Did you hit 100K today? No, not yet. I'm getting close, though. So I've got a little... I'm going to give away a bunch of stuff, um, just like a bunch of stuff that I've got in the studio. So... I've got that giveaway page all set up. Yeah, I'm going to do a video about it pretty soon. It's really cool. you got to be at like 99.944 or something right now because I checked it yesterday and it was still climbing. Yeah, I think I think Social Blade will do the, the pretty accurate real time. So try to get a little like video clip of that or something. But <laughs> yeah, it's getting close. I had a little spike maybe last week where I was getting a lot, you know, maybe one and a half or two times as many subscribers as normal, but it's kind of calmed back down. So, but yeah, I think next next couple of days probably hit a hundred thousand. That's cool. Yeah, yeah your video when, when you do the ten uh, style mistakes, I'm sure you got a lot of boost from that because that video is doing really well. Yeah, yeah, that one got a little boost. So, funny man, certain topics are just kind of predictable, you know. I know. I should make that video we talked about yesterday, playing off Aaron Marinos. That that would a hundred percent be be a big video. That'd be a home run. <laughs> Well, we'll leave that up to the viewer's imagination, but it was great meeting you in person. <laughs> I love catching up every month. We have some awesome guests coming up very soon. We have our little uh, guest wish list. If you have any suggestions, we're always open to those. You can send Brock or I an email or, or tweet at us or something, and we'll try and get anybody on that we can so we can really turn all over all the rocks in this menswear space because it's what I'm interested in. Yeah, for sure. And if you're still listening, that means that uh, you're probably one of our you know, most loyal listeners. So we'd love if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes because we're trying to, you know, trying to get the podcast out there to more people. So we'd really appreciate that. Yep. And if you are still listening, I really apologize if I sound arrogant on things. I'm working on that personally. And if you want to make that a five-star review, I definitely took the feedback to heart. And I promised Brock I will no longer try and sound that way. <laughs> yeah. If that's you that left that review, um, yeah, you can go change it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear you loud and clear. We appreciate yeah. you listening. <laughs> All right, Brock. Well, I'll talk to you very soon. we got some guests coming up, and we'll catch up for our episode in April, too. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man. We will see you next week.